Are you one of a growing number of Australians seeking access to mental health support? The pandemic saw many accessing support services for the first time, with the National Mental Health Survey showing 39% of 16 to 24-year-olds experienced mental ill health in the year 2020-2021. A recent review of services revealed the shocking lack of access for people from low socioeconomic backgrounds in Australia's major cities. Less than half that group were able to access the mental health care they needed last year. Today, Federal Health Minister Mark Butler and Mental Health and Suicide Prevention Minister Emma McBride convened a forum in Canberra to address address questions of equity and access. One of those at the table was Rachel Green, the CEO of SANE, a lived experience-led mental health support organisation. Welcome to the program. Thanks. It's great to be here. Rachel, the ministers have announced $8.5 million in funding to engage people with lived experience in the development of policy and programs in this area. Lived experience is at the heart of your model at SANE. What do you make of this commitment? Oh, look, we really welcome uh, this announcement. This has been long overdue. I think, uh, you know, we've been uh, uh, calling for the last decade for uh, a lived experience organisation that could really amplify the diversity of voices around the country and make sure that they're heard in any consideration of such major reforms as those that have been being discussed today. How does engaging people with lived experience to design these programs help address access to services? That's a great question. Uh, I guess, you know, to any listener who's ever tried to access any kind of system or organisation, um, the, the experience of the user in where the pain points are is enormously powerful. Everything from uh, the way that you uh, can, can learn about how to access mental health care to the way that you get treated, all of that experiential information is incredibly powerful. And so lived experience advocacy and, you know, by extension, an, a new body like this is a place where Um, that kind of collective intelligence will be able to inform the way that we shape care into the future to make sure it's sustainable, but also that it meets people's needs. And so, yeah, a structure that helps us hear from people who are most in need is critical. Now, this money is going to towards operating two independent national lived experience bodies, one for those who are accessing care and another one for carers and families. Why has it taken us so long to see this sort of model? Is this what's needed? It's absolutely what's needed. I think that, you know, there's been a need to get the framework right, but I think there's also been delays um, in the last, uh, you know, decade where things have been funded and then, you know, studies have been done on, on how to build them without necessarily seeing much progress. So it's really exciting today, actually, to be hearing that uh, the funding is there and we're going to see it, see bodies stand up. And it's really important and I think commendable that we're going to see two separate bodies because often, uh, you know, there are very distinct uh, issues and needs um, that are, you know, separate and need to be equally considered. Do you think it took really the stress of the pandemic on the entire system to make it clear what was required? I think that what the, what's happened through the pandemic is that Um, People who are already under pressure, you know, there's been an increase in the level of mental health need in the community. And what that's shown is where stresses on the system really need to be um, addressed. So we've ended up in this place where there's quite urgent need across Australia's mental health system. And that's driven the case for reform. And and that's why it's so important to be here today talking about it. And that's something we really heard from the survey saying, uh, ran where we heard from over a thousand people in our community uh, one of the most shocking statistics that came through was 25% of people uh, 
um, had been turned away for, uh, and were told that their needs were too complex. Yeah, I was really struck by that because when we talk about people not being able to access support for their mental health condition, we just think of condition singular, but you actually found that there are people uh, who are living with three or more diagnoses who could not access basic mental health care. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's that's really how we define complex. It's saying for us, complex means people who have underlying uh, issues of trauma or associated issues like homelessness, but it also means people who have more complex and persistent mental health issues, as well as people who are dealing with more than one mental health issue at a time. In fact, some recent research has shown through some fairly large studies that um, the likelihood of a secondary mental health issue is increased by virtue of having the first. So it's not an uncommon thing and it's something we see regularly with the program of guided support that we've been piloting over the last 12 months at SANE, which is actually um, designed, uh, co-designed with people with a lived experience and targeted to complex needs. If you've just joined me, SANE Australia CEO Rachel Green is with me on the show talking about access to mental health care here on RN Drive. Rachel, there's been a lot of criticism of Health Minister Mark Butler's decision not to extend an early pandemic measure to double the number of Medicare-subsidised mental health sessions with psychologists uh, from 10 to 20 per year. It's back down to 10. Uh, What do you think of that cut? Is that something that troubles you? I, look, I might be a bit of an outlier here, but I believe very strongly in uh, referring to the evidence. So there was an evaluation that was done uh, and, and we can see quite plainly that the average number of sessions people are accessing is somewhere around five or six. Uh, that doesn't mean that people with complex needs might not need more, but we also can see in the evaluation that's been published that the people with the greatest needs and people in regional areas and those on lower incomes are actually really struggling to access it at all. In fact, in the words of the Tasmanian Lived Experience Peak Organisation, they said to us, uh, you know, a cut from 20 to 10 really makes no difference. It's zero to zero out here because there's no access to care. So I think this is the right move to have a look at the um, system as a whole, to look at, you know, who, where the needs are and, and, and what sort of reform questions are important to consider how to change it for the future. So you uh, fall very strongly on the equity side of things. Uh, at today's mental health forum, psychologist groups and emergency service workers penned a letter to the health minister. Uh, sorry, this is last week, calling for the restoration of those extra 10 sessions. Was there any receptiveness to that idea in today's meeting? I think there's been a lot of different ideas discussed today and, you know, reasonably hopeful about the, the level of um, debate and, and discussion in the room. I think there's reasonable support for consideration of um, different sizes of package or different inclusions within, you know, what's accessible in a better access mental health plan. Uh, and I'm, I'm really hopeful that um, following today there'll be an opportunity for more nuanced and individual input into the direction from here. I don't think it's as simple as um, as, as a single number because that's the system we have right now. It's 10 sessions and that's really like a one, a one, lane, uh, a one lane highway with everyone on it. Um, we actually need more tailored and, and distinct options for different types of levels of need. And we also, and we need to think about how that will be applied in particularly in regional areas, in low socioeconomic areas, where the workforce gaps are particularly challenging. So how do we address the really tough problems then? How do we help people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds and people from the regions 
get access to appointments? I think there's probably a mix of things. GPs play a really critical role in people's mental health journey and, and, you know, we can certainly see through the work we do at SANE and our guided service that uh, for many people with more complex needs who are uh, socioeconomically disadvantaged, who have underlying, um, you know, issues or or at risk of homelessness, um, the GP is often their most constant port of call. So some of the things that people have told us through the survey we we ran recently was that, um, you know, more access to bulk billing for GPs and for specialists would make a difference to their accessibility. And that that really reflects, you know, the results we saw in the survey that affordability is one of the biggest barriers. Rachel Green, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Rachel Green is the CEO of mental health organisation SANE Australia. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.